0: Am I amplified? There I am. Boy, oh boy. If that, is that, it's not just too loud and obnoxious? All right. <laughs> not any more than your voice usually is, Brian. Um, <clears throat> all right. If you're coming in late, there's some, uh, the scripture passage we'll be looking at this morning and a little outline. I don't plan on using PowerPoint stuff even though that was evidently available to me. The main reason is because, as we're going to be studying through the book of Revelation, and uh, I honestly felt like any visual aid I could give you would actually only serve to take away from the passage itself. So, uh, we'll be printing it out, old-fashioned style. You can, of course, use your Bible. It looks the same. Um, I'll be mostly using uh, the English Standard Version translation So for the next couple of months, though, we'll be studying the book of Revelation, which I love. I love the book of Revelation. Um, I'm excited to spend a few weeks, several weeks, uh, looking at it with you. I hope that by the end of this, you will love the book of Revelation, too. That's kind of my goal. Um, And uh, we are, here's sort of the the way we're going to go about this. I'm not going to touch on everything. Uh, That would be impossible. Oh, there are scripture passages, print out things there if you want one. Um, we're not going to touch on every detail. I'm going to instead walk us through a lot of the key passages. We have, we'll have seven Sundays to look at this. It would be impossible to hit on everything. But instead, I have thought if we could drill down into seven different passages with some of the key themes. Um, and uh, instead of trying to give you a broad overview... Uh, I thought it would be better to, to do this way. Um, if you want to learn more, if you want to study up more on Revelation beyond this, especially some more technical details and stuff like that, there's, I can recommend resources to you. Um, uh, in particular, I, mean, I, I have been significantly helped by uh, especially Vern Poitras' uh, commentary on Revelation, also Dennis Johnson. Greg Beale has a huge one, if you really want to get into it, it's bigger than your dictionary. Um, and uh, who else did I use? Robert Mounts, I used him. I also have benefited a lot from a lot of other preachers who have come before me, uh, especially Sinclair Ferguson has been really helpful to me, folks like uh, Brian Habig and Ryan Hughes, Matt Howell, some other folks that you, you may not know, but have, I've found them hopeful. So that's just so you know, this isn't all like original to me. You should always be wary of anything too original if you hear it from somebody teaching. If it's from a, a Bible that's been around for a couple millennia at least, you should be a little bit wary of anything too new or novel. So anyway, if you want, to, want some more resources, talk to me and I can point you in their direction. My goal these next couple months though, uh, like I said, is not to hit on every detail, but actually just to equip you to read the book of Revelation better, to give you the tools to use it. Um, my hope would be <clears throat> that you come away from this feeling like I can read the book of Revelation. And not only that, it's actually incredibly helpful, it's incredibly useful for my day to day Christian life, and come away with a greater love for the book of Revelation. Uh, and and ultimately a greater love and trust in Scripture and a greater love and trust in Jesus. That would be the ultimate goal for what we're doing. Um, it's always we- I, When you tell somebody that you love the book of Revelation, you get some weird looks. They're kind of like, you know, what do you mean you lo- love the book of Revelation? Because that can mean some strange things. Because it has a reputation for just being weird and kind of spooky and really confusing. Um, but uh, here's why I'm excited to study it. Here's why I love it. Um, well, it was written, it's written by a guy named John, the Apostle John, one of Jesus' 12 apostles, original 12 uh, disciples. And uh, he's part of Jesus' inner ring. And he's writing to a group of churches spread across uh, what is, for the most part, modern-day Turkey. He's writing in about 95 A.D., um, and when, when you study these people and, and read up on who these people are or were, they actually remind me a lot of, of ourselves, uh, which is why I think this is so helpful. There, there are Here's how I think of it. There are three main issues that these folks are dealing with. A friend of mine used these terms. I thought it was uh, helpful and entertaining. The first issue that these Christians are dealing with is uh, the walking dead issue. Um, I don't know if you've watched the show, The Walking Dead. It's a zombie show. I don't watch it. I don't necessarily recommend it either. Um, But uh, I've seen enough uh, little clips or pictures or images from it to know that basically, I guess this is the case with any zombie movie or or show, but everybody's just pretty beat up. Um, Not just the zombies, but all the the still living people, too. They just look beat up. Every image I've seen is everybody's just bloody and beaten up. And... um, Some of the people that John is writing to are literally being beaten up. Uh, There is systematic persecution of Christians across the Roman Empire uh, against these people that he's writing to. Uh, Some of them were being killed or would later be killed. Some of them were losing family. Some of them were losing their jobs. Some of them were losing property. Um, He is writing to people who are all too aware of the fact that the world that we live in is dangerous and violent and uh, unpredictable and extremely painful. He's writing to people who feel beat up by life. He's writing to people who cry sometimes, sometimes a lot. Uh, People who are anxious, people who are afraid, people who don't know where stuff is going. So that's the first issue that folks are dealing with. The second issue is the Stanley Hudson issue, which if you watch The Office um, at all, he's the guy that's basically half asleep the whole time, He just constantly looks bored. He sort of always feels like uh, there's something better that he ought to be doing, just glazed over, half asleep. John's writing to people like that. John is writing to people for whom the Christian life has kind of lost its luster. People uh, who were at one time excited about the gospel, but right now they find themselves mostly just numb and bored and wondering if there's anything else for them. Um, and the third issue is, is the Katy Perry issue. Uh, she's a pop star. If you don't know who she is, she's fam- she famously grew up Christian, and then pretty quickly, as she you know grows up and gets a taste of the world that's out there, she just kind of walks away. She begins to wonder whether other things, these other things that seem more attractive, might actually be better. Uh, John is writing to people like that, people for whom uh, Christianity uh, ha- is less attractive than all the other options around them. Um, they are wondering whether Christianity is really what they want. People who are saying, you know, is there something I'm missing out on? Is there another better way to do this thing? Is this really who I am? They're not, so they're not so much asking, do I think this is true? They're saying, do I think this is worth it? Do I, is this really where I want to put all my chips? So those are the people John's writing to. I don't know about you. For me, personally, I can relate with every single one of those at various points. Given, depending on the day, depending on the hour, that's me. Uh, I feel beat up. I feel glazed over. And I'm wondering whether this is really worth it. Um, I'm assuming that's you too. Honestly, uh, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian or not really sure, I think you can relate to all of those things. That's who the book of Revelation is given to. And God intends the book of Revelation to be useful and helpful for people like us that are in those situations. So I'm going to read this passage for us. This is how it opens up. If you don't have a passage, I printed out some copies. They're over there on those chairs. Uh, these are just the first eight verses of the book of Revelation, and it'll set the stage for the next uh, couple of months for us. So I'll read it. I I didn't pray at the beginning, so I'll pray, and we'll take a look at this. Um, This is God's Word. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him and even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let's pray real quick. Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that it's trustworthy and true, and we pray that over these next couple months we would come to not only understand the book of Revelation better, but to love it more and through it to love you more and to have a clearer understanding of how it is that you are at work in our lives right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So... Uh, A few months ago, Gail and I watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which we hadn't seen in a long, long time. It's a great movie, if you haven't seen it, it's only only like 30 years old now, I think. Um, Try not to think about it. Um, It is a fun movie, it is really tame by today's standards, but I remember very clearly the first time I saw it, I was probably too young to watch it. Um... And uh, I may, maybe I was just too sensitive, I don't know. But uh, for most of it, it's just fine. The last scene, spoiler alert, you had 30 years, you know, sorry. Um, the last scene, basically, long story short, the, the bad guy drinks from the wrong cub, they're looking for the Holy Grail, and his face just melts off. And uh, it looks really fake by today's um, CGI standards, but they're, it, that image, from when I saw this as a kid, is seared into my mind. I will never forget it. And Gail and I were laughing after we watched it uh, a few months ago because I, I told her, I was like, I used to have nightmares about that. And it just looks so fake now. But that image is, is seared into my mind. And, and I start that way just, be, just to say, images are powerful. They have the power to stick with you. Uh, they have the, the power to haunt you to affect you very, very deeply, and you know that, right? Think of all the movie scenes that you can just cue up in your head right now uh, without even trying very hard, or think about the children's books that you grew up with. My parents just gave us a, uh, a book that I grew up with as a kid, and uh, I was reading it to my kids. I did not remember a single word of it, but every single picture I remembered vividly. It was pretty great reading it to my kids. I was like, oh, I didn't know. It was actually a good story, too, um, uh, or think about pornography. Think about the power that it has to draw you in, to change the way you think, to addict you, to shape your heart. Uh, images are powerful, and Revelation is a book of images. It stacks image upon image upon image. It, it isn't, Revelation isn't so much saying, here, I have something that I want to tell you. It says, I, want, I have something that I want to show you. That's, how, that's how, how it starts. Verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his servants the things that must soon take place. And he did this by showing it to John, who, verse 2, bore witness to everything that he saw. And throughout the book, if you read through it, it the, the whole, every episode is, is, it begins with the words, And I saw, and I saw. John is just telling us all of the things that he saw. I saw, I saw, I saw. The title that we use for this book is Revelation, singular, it's a little pet peeve, it's not Revelations, it's Revelation, Um, and that that title was simply taken from the very first word of the book, which is apocalypsis, which is where we get the word apocalypse, which is not a word that we use too often, unless we're talking about snowstorms, or zombies, I guess, that's the second time zombies have come up, Um, no significance, Uh, anyway. The word apocalypse simply means a revelation, a revealing of something, an unveiling of something, a making something visible, a pulling back the curtain on something. It is exposing reality. In other words, what that means is we are approaching revelation wrong if we're approaching it like a puzzle. We're approaching revelations, re- revelation... I just said it. Um, We are approaching Revelation wrong if we see it as this complex story that we need to decode, where where the real message is kind of hidden somewhere beneath a whole bunch of really obscure imagery. That is to approach it wrong. Revelation is not a book that needs to be decoded. It's not trying to conceal anything or hide anything or confuse us. It is trying to reveal and make clear and show us something. Uh, one one scholar that I really appreciate uh, has pointed out um, in multiple different places that children, a lot of times, actually are better at catching the meaning of Revelation than folks with PhDs. Um, because when children hear about a beast who has ten horns and uh, seven heads, and it's kind of like a leopard, but its feet are a bear's, and the mouth is a lion's. They're not like sitting there, a kid is not sitting there saying, I wonder which Roman, Empire, Roman emperor each of these things is part They're, They hear that and they say, that is a scary monster. And I think that's what we're supposed to take away, primarily. Revelation is very imagey, it's very pictury, it's very non-linear. Those of you who are artists or enjoy art say, yay, <laughs> thank you. Um, those of you who are engineers say, oh no, that sounds horrible. Uh, you, you might find Revelation really frustrating. Uh, because what Revelation wants to do is not so much give us new information that is not found in the rest of the 65 books of the Bible. It wants to take all of that information that we have from all those 65 books and simply put it into images that will drive it deep into our heart. It will make it believable, make it understandable, make it applicable in ways that it hasn't been made clear through, through the other 65 books. I put uh, on your outline this quote from Martin Luther King Jr., partly just because, you know, MLK Day was a, just a few weeks ago. It never hurts to, to read the man. But um, he says this, I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope, and this is the faith that I will go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope, and on and on and on. And the reason I put it there is because, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, I hope you should read more Martin Luther King stuff. It's it's really phenomenal. That's apocalyptic language. Of course he's drawing straight from, from the prophet Isaiah. That's apocalyptic language. Um which is just to say we are not unfamiliar with this. We are not unfamiliar for how this kind of language works. It is apocalyptic language is unique. We need to understand it as such, but it is not something totally unfamiliar. We read Martin Luther King Jr., we understand what he's talking about. Revelation, the way we approach Revelation, should be the same way. Because there's this myth that because Revelation is apocalyptic literature, which is a genre of literature, but that that because that is what Revelation is, it's just kind of weird and spooky and inaccessible and not very useful. But remember who the book was written to. People who are feeling beat up and weary and discouraged. People who feel numb. People who feel torn between two worlds, torn between two identities. Um, who, are, who are frustrated by their own life and kind of feel like maybe given up and not really sure it's worth it. In other words, it's for people like you and me. And it's intended to help them. Uh, God in his divine wisdom said, you know what would be most helpful for these people? The book of Revelation. How does it help it? How does it help us? How does it help these people? It does it by pulling back the curtain on reality, by unveiling what's really going on. Um, I love a good movie with a twist ending, right? A lot of people do. Obviously, you can tell because they sell really well. Um, But where something at the end is explained or exposed that completely changes the way you understand everything that went before. I'll avoid any spoilers, but stuff like, uh, I can't even mention them. You old ones that you, uh, Sixth Sense, right? Um, Harry Potter, uh, the Snape th- Watch out, Snape, that's confusing. Um, have, you, have you ever gone back and watched those movies again where there's a twist at the end? Don't you see everything completely different for having known what comes at the ending? Because you can see what's really going on. And because what's at the end is not new information, it's just new to you. And it was there the whole time. Revelation is given to us for those moments when we feel lost and we feel confused. And it pulls back the curtain for us and it shows us what's really going on the whole time. People spend a whole lot of time, a whole lot of energy arguing about whether revelation is about the future or about the past or which parts are about the future and when in the future, which parts are about the past, which when in the past. Look at verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. Verse 3 Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. What are we supposed to do with that? Uh, What what does soon mean? Here's the answer. Soon means soon. Um, 1 John, the same writer in his uh, letter, 1 John, we are in the last hour, he says. Other biblical writers throughout talk about that we are in the last days, that these are the last days. And from the Bible's perspective, we have been in the last days since Christ's resurrection. The point is, uh, yes, Revelation says some things about the future. But its main goal, what it's trying to do for us, is to give us a clearer picture of the present of these last days to make sense of your life in this world right now with what you're facing. Um, in fact, I, verse 3 is amazing. This is the only book in the entire Bible that actually pronounces a blessing on anyone that will read it. That's, it says, uh, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, which I think is a pretty sweet deal. Maybe I should get others of you to, to read it aloud for us these Sunday mornings. Um, but like there's this sarcastic and cynical side of me that says, you know, like am I w I'm I'm gonna want to call you up on a bad day. And be like, I'm, eh, it's kind of a bad day. Can I just come over and read Revelation to you? Um maybe that's exactly what we should be doing. Maybe that's what Revelation is for. Here's the second thing, last thing I want us to look at this morning. So the first was, what does Revelation do? And and what it is doing is showing us something. Showing us something about reality. Second thing is, what exactly does it show us? Um, So if the goal is to bless and help these people, and to bless and to help us presently, what exactly does John pull the curtain back on? Verse 1, again, is how the book starts. The Revelation of Jesus Christ... That is not giving us the title of the book. John is not telling us, here's what you should call this. He is giving us the topic of the book. It is showing us Jesus. What is it showing us about Jesus? Verse 4, he's showing us that he comes to bring us grace and peace, that he is eternal, that he's seated on the throne. Verse 5, that he's the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of kings on earth. Uh, That he loves us, that he's freed us from our sins by his blood and made us his people. Verse 6, that that he's worthy of all glory and all authority. And not only is he worthy of it, he has it and will have it forever and forever. Um, And on and on and on. And these are the things that are going to be unpacked through the rest of the book of Revelation. But here's the question. How is that supposed to help us? How is seeing Jesus supposed to actually help us? Because maybe you're saying... Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe in Jesus. But I'm also lonelier than anybody knows. Uh, Yes, I believe that he's the savior of sinners, and yet I am also struggling with things that I find it very uncomfortable to talk about. Yes, I'm a Christian, but I am hurting in ways that I don't even know how to explain. How does this book help with that? that's the intent okay 2007 fiesta bowl so hopefully for a lot of you that queues up you already know what i'm talking about this is the biggest football game in boise state history um one of the most exciting football games i've ever watched um like any other significant sporting event you can buy the commemorative dvd And watch it as often as you like. And I know a lot of people who have watched this game in its entirety dozens of times, probably some of you. I haven't rewatched all of it, but I have rewatched the end several times. And it's still intense, isn't it? Um, Like your knuckles still go white when it's fourth and two in overtime, doesn't it? Why is that? You know how it's going to end. You know where this is going. And the Christian life is exactly the same way. You can be a Christian. You can answer all of the questions exactly right. You can have your theology straight, and then you get fired from your job. And then you get diagnosed with cancer, or somebody you love gets diagnosed with cancer, or you fall in love with somebody, and they lose interest in you. Or you find yourself struggling with things that you thought would have been impossible. You're like, no, that's not me. And your knuckles go white. I I cannot count the number of times that I have sat speechless looking at my own life. I cannot count the number of times that I have sat crying with students, with some of you, over things that I just don't know what to do with them, and they're just hard, and they just hurt. I cannot count the number of times I've just been numb and not really known what to think. And I love the book of Revelation because it does not come along and slap us and say, you should know better. Like, you know where this is going. Revelation is a strong hand that comes along and says, come here, I have something I need to show you. Let me show you something. Are you out of work? That is scary. Are you struggling? That is hard. Is your heart broken? That hurts. Are you weeping? I am too. This is a book for people who need strong comfort. And this is what God in his wisdom has given to us to help us through that. And what it shows us is Jesus. Jesus. God says, here's what you need to see. You need to see Jesus in all of his power and all of his glory and all of his radiance and all of his beauty and all of his mercy and his tenderness and his vicious, vicious love that refuses to not fight for his people. And blessed is the one who reads the words of this book and is comforted by them. That's what Revelation is for. Let's pray and ask God that that would be the case for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are not surprised by the fact that we find life in this world challenging. And we thank you that you have made very kind accommodations for us that you have drawn near to us in your word. And we thank you for the book of Revelation. And we ask that you would shape us through our time studying it together these next couple of months. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.